0: Thank you for joining us today for the Ministry of the Word at Foundation Church. We pray that what you hear today will be as much of a blessing for you as it was for the people of our congregation. Well, greetings this Lord's Day in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, and our King. I love overcast rainy days. It's just been a thing for me. I love what we call weather. I like it when it's different than just what it is every day and I'm so glad that on this Sunday, this beautiful Sunday, that the Lord has invited His people to gather together and to lift up His name. Isn't it a great privilege for God to invite us to say, hey, I want your worship. I want you to come into my presence. I want to commune with you. Our call to worship is Psalm 133, which we preached on last week. And we were, as we were reminded, behold, how good... And how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garments. And as the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. Can we just say thanks be to God? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you for the great invitation. Lord, you have set the feast and although others don't want to come, Lord, you have sent out into the highways and the hedges and compelled us to come, Lord. We are those undesirables, Lord. We are those Gentiles who were once outside the court, but you have invited us in. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that through your kindness and your grace, Lord, that you have given us the desire to be here, else we would not be here ourselves. Lord, you've been so good to us. And we pray today that you would speak to us from your word. Lord, that by hearing your word, you would change our hearts and you would make us more fit for heaven. And we praise you and we thank you. And all God's people said... Praise Father, Son, and Holy Remain standing for just a little bit. Um, We'll do something a little bit different here. We normally read our text. My text is a three-verse psalm today, Psalm 134. But we're going to sing it. It's not very hard to sing. A lot of people here know how to do it already. We're going to sing it a little bit, then I'm going to read my text, which will be the same words, really, that we're reading. And I know it's a little bit out of order. I didn't prepare the slide, people. Sorry. Sorry. But we're going to sing this song. So Jonathan, go ahead and play it. And this is a song I hope that we add to our round of music that we sing. If you know it, jump right in. of the Lord who by night stand in the house of the Lord lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord the Lord who made heaven and earth bless you from Zion let's try it again Behold, bless the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, who by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord, the Lord who made heaven and earth. Bless you from Zion. One more time. Behold, bless the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, who by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord, the Lord who made. Heaven and earth, bless you from Zion. And one day we'll learn it to where you can do it in a round. It's meant to be done in like a four-part round where you start it and you sing it and you start it. But isn't that nice? You guys like that? My text for today are these words. This is actually, the words that you were reading there are actually in the New King James Version. I'll be reading my text here from the King James Uh, Psalm 134, it's very short, and uh, it says this in the King James, Behold, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord who stand by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. The Lord that made heaven and earth bless thee out of Zion. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we love your word. We know that it was written for them to sing and to read thousands of years ago. And we know that your word is living and that it is for us as well. I pray today as we journey through time back to the time of temple worship and into the pages of these words, that you would also visit us here today, that you would speak to us and you would lead us in the paths of righteousness for your namesake from the words of Psalm 134. In Christ's name we pray. And all God's people said, you may be seated. The tabernacle and subsequently the temple was a very, very busy place. This might be the understatement of the year. From sunrise to sunset, sacrifices and offerings were being made to God according to the intricate workings of the laws of Moses. During the second and third temple periods, uh, 45 sacrifices were held every day. As the sun rose in the eastern sky on Zion, incense was burned, filling the air with holy fragrance. Soon as the day progressed, the smoke of burnt bulls and goats and lambs and birds ascended into the heavenlies, constantly filling the air with the perfume of worship. Priests baptized or washed the blood and dirt from their hands and feet from the many sacrifices they offered in the brazen labor. Drink offerings and cereal offerings, which were various types of Grain like wheat and, and barley were poured out to God, meat boiled in cauldrons, animals were skinned, showbread was maintained, wicks were trimmed, and holy vessels were used, and they were washed, and they were kept in orderly fashion. The work done by the Levites was vigorous. It was nonstop all day long, with duties too numerous, even To make a list of them. And on Sabbath days. And Israel's many sacred holy days. The activity was even more tumultuous. With the hustle and bustle of Levitical activity. On these days. Extra bulls and extra sacrifices of lambs. And other things like that were going on. These days lasted from between 10. And 14 hours depending on the time of year and began as early as 537 in the morning and ended as late as 748 at night. You might say, Mark, what what are you talking about? How could you possibly know that? Well, we have the summer solstice, which is the longest day of the year. We have the winter solstice, which is the shortest. And if you look up the sunrise and sunset, you can figure it out. These days varied. Some were longer, some were shorter, depending on the time of the year. But as the days grew shorter, the watches of the night grew longer. You see, the temple itself was a treasure house of priceless gold-covered furniture. And inside its badger skin walls, multicolored curtains, and glorious veil that covered the entrance to the Holy of Holies, thousands of costly silver and gold holy vessels were stored as well as the gifts that worshipers gave to God every day. Could you imagine the treasure of the temple? Precisely though, at sundown, as God had prescribed, particularly in his law, all activity came to an abrupt halt, nearly all activity. As darkness descended, fire was taken from the brazen altar inside the holy place, to the golden lampstand and the sacred oils ignited burning bowls shaped like almonds and adorned with blooms and the seven springs of the solid gold lampstand or what is also called the menorah gave light to the altar of incense and showbread inside the holy place. Priests may have begun to whisper to one another as they began The first of four watches and the last traces of sunlight fled west over the horizon. It's kind of like when we have a lot of company. Have you guys ever had a lot of people staying at your house and you're eating and you're talking and you're playing and there's games and then the company gets in their van and they drive away? What's it kind of like, guys? It's kind of like you almost feel like whispering, you know, you're like, man, it's so quiet in here. It seems like when something is so busy and so filled with activity, when that activity comes to an end, you almost feel like you're in a library and you kind of almost need to whisper. It's kind of a weird feeling that sort of comes over us. In the time of the Romans, these watches that were kept through the night were from sundown until 9 a.m. Everybody say that was the first watch. The second watch came from 9 p.m. until midnight. The third from midnight until 3 a.m. And in the time of Christ, and in the time actually before Christ, when the Romans were there, right precisely at 3 a.m., a trumpet blew, and it was called the cock crow. And then there was the last and final watch of the night, the fourth watch, which was 3 a.m. until sunrise, whenever that happened to be on that particular day. For these four watches, priests stood watch over everything. They made sure all was safe and secure in these quiet hours of peace. Psalm 134 was written to shine the light on these whispering workers whose duty and devotion was no less important than those who served in the light of day before all of Israel. They were not seen by most men, but God was watching and putting His hand to His ear, as it were. Their worship, though not accompanied by great fires from God or holy waters that held in the brazen sea on the backs of 12 golden oxen, thick smoke and loud songs and prayers, it was still a place where God was listening for the still, small voice of His children. All of that activity had come to an abrupt halt, but yet there were still worshipers within the walls. There in the simplicity and silence in the holy closet of the nation, God invited the Levites as He invites us now still, the priests of God, to lift our hands and our hearts and worship in awe of his holy name. Here alone with God, he would still meet with them. He would still commune with their hearts and here they could lift up hands and listen for his voice. Here he would bless them even as he blessed little Samuel who slept near the holy place, and Zacharias, who was honored to light the incense on the fateful day that the angel Gabriel visited him. God still meets with his people. And the Bible teaches us that we ourselves are that holy habitation of God, where God always lives. Sometimes It's in the middle of the busyness of our service to Him or the busyness of our service to others. But when all of that's over, in the quiet of our lives, God calls each of us to lift up our hands to Him and praise and bless His holy name. Can we say thanks be to God? Psalm 134 is the last of the Psalms of Ascent. The inspired heading tells us this. doesn't tell us it's the last, but it tells us it is a Psalm of Ascent and it is the last between Psalm 120 and Psalm 134. It is the final of these and as we hear it, it is almost quiets our soul like it must have those who traveled from all over Israel for the pilgrimage feasts and for those times, they needed to make an offering to God. You see, people, there was, all, there was a day of atonement for the whole nation. There were offerings every day just for, the, for incidental, all kinds of things that were going on. But if something was going on in your life, you oftentimes needed to come to the temple and make an offering to the Lord for special things. But here they were on this pilgrimage their final step up those last 15 steps had been taken and there they stood on the sacred stones of the temple, their journey at an end ready to worship the Lord. Can you sort of picture this in your mind? You live 50 miles or 100 miles away from Jerusalem and, and all the way there you're quoting the Psalms of a sin and you're sort of anticipating this, you know, you're, you're like, you know, it's a long walk. It may be days before we get there and and you know what, I have some business with God. And as they got closer and closer to the city and as they got to those last 15 steps, many believed that on each step they said one of the Psalms of Ascent as they stepped up one and they stepped up two and they stepped up three. Could you imagine what would your heart would feel like in those moments of time when you finally reached the very top of the step and you said these words, Behold, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord who stand by night in the house of God of the Lord. It was almost like as they reached the top of the step, there was a sigh, there was a uh, a peace like, "Wow, I have finally made it to the house of God." No author is ascribed to this psalm, but it seems to many scholars to be the second part in the completion of Psalm 133, which was written by David. This very short 3 verse song like the last one, is meant to raise the singer and the hearer alike from the mundane world into the transcendent. It is like the passage from this life into eternity. We will no doubt stand in stunned wonder before the magnificence and grandeur of what the Lord has prepared for us as they stood at the top of the temple and they were like, okay, we finally made it. Now it is my time to go before the Lord. Our journey over, the darkened glass of this life shattered, we will stand before the heavenly temple ready to offer up praises forevermore where the six winged seraphs cry holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. There alone and yet never alone we will see God face to face and we will see him as he is. Verse 1, Behold, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. Verse 1 begins at the first, just like the first verse of Psalm 133 began with the words, Behold. But I would say that if we see the behold in Psalm 133, it is more of a Behold. But when we hear the behold in Psalm 134, I almost hear it as a reverent whisper of behold. Calling us again to look up, to look away from those things that are behind us that will, if we let them, distract us from the tranquility and the promise of peace and blessing that comes when we worship God. Behold, look up. Your redemption is here. You're saving from the weight of sin, the discouragement of death, the life we live full of troubles. Look up and bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord. We can bless God with the words that we speak, with the words that we sing, with the tongues touched by coals from God's holy altar, made clean by God. We can speak to God. James told the early church in Jerusalem that with our mouths we bless God and we curse men, and this ought not to be so. Our mouths were made to praise the goodness of God, to direct men in the paths of righteousness. And here the psalmist is encouraging men to bless the Lord with words of praise and worship. Do you do this? Do you do this when you're alone? Does your voice lift in song to the greatness of God? Is your life and your attempts to reach God more religious and filled with duty than it is with true worship to God? Do you find yourself in your home when no one is around ever just raising your hands and saying, Oh Lord, you're good to me. You've been kind to me. Lord, you've blessed me. Lord, thank you for my wife. Thank you for my children. Thank you for whatever it is that he has given you. Thank you that we got to return one more time to our beloved people. Thank you, Lord. Life is a few days. It's full of trouble, but you've given me, Lord, you gave me one more day today. Thank you, Lord. Lord, you're good. This is what it means to bless the Lord. If your life is a series of religious duties and rituals and devotions and it lacks the personal praise that comes from a heart that cries out for God, then you are certainly missing the greater thing. Here in verse 1, he says that it is not just for some, it is for all. Behold, bless the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord who stand by night in the house of the Lord. Here, as we now see more clearly, it is a call to worship for those who served in the temple during these night watches. Of course, it was an honor for Zacharias to offer the incense. It was probably uh, filled with adrenaline to come and a giant bull to be uh, in tow as they took it and they slit its throat and they drained its blood and the blood covered them. And yeah, that was, that was one thing, but these people in the night, they weren't doing anything like that. They were walking around in only a candle lit environment, lit by the holy light of God from the golden lampstand. And the quietness of the night settled in as all of Israel slept, and no one was watching in the darkness as they walked to make sure that no thieves were coming in or or animals were coming in or uh, trouble was going on or that the light of God did not go out there in the quietness of all of that. You might have run by this in the psalm and missed it, but it is certainly the most peculiar part of it when you read it and you say, what in the world does it mean to say, bless the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord who stand by night in the house of the Lord. It is the thing that sets this psalm apart from... All others. Every commentator agrees that this psalm was directed in this manner to this very small group of people. It seems to me that the psalmist picked this minority of people in this very peculiar time, one that we don't often think of. How many of you have really ever thought about what happened in the temple when nothing was going on there? It seems to me the psalmist picked this time to represent Israel in their service in a way to invoke a special kind of emotion and activity in all of Israel's hearts as they sang the song. Here they were coming to worship the Lord and they were coming to bring their gifts and as they sang these Psalms of Ascent, they were reminded that God is not just here for our ritual. He's not just here for our sacrifice, but God is here because He wants to commune with His people. That's what struck me all at the top of the steps of the temple. It was God is here to meet with you and you person to person, face to face. This call to adoration was not like the Pharisees in the day of Christ. If you remember them, they loved the uppermost seats at the feasts, the opposite Of this quiet service in the middle of the night. It was not like those who gave their gifts before men to be seen of them. But did so in this closet of sorts of quietness in the house of the Lord. This seems to be God's way of reminding us of the personal God. Who sees us working and worshiping in private. And who will according to his word reward us openly and publicly. You know we can put on our clothes and we can come to church and we can sing what's up on the screen but it's when it's quiet and there's nobody around and you're by yourself that really life gets really real we can pretend a little bit in here I hope we're not but we can we can even let the others let it carry us as they sing or we can stand back and watch the children, or whatever it is that we do when we're here. But when you're alone, it's just you and God. Here we see a stark correction in contrast to Ananias and Sapphira who pretended to give all the money they had obtained from the sale of their own land to garner the respect and honor they had seen Barnabas receive when he sold his land and laid the proceeds, all the proceeds, at the feet of the apostles. In verse 2, we have more that confirms the aim of the psalm on these nocturnal workers in God's house. As it begins like this, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. You know, worship is a whole body experience, not merely a ritual or words that we say. And as we lift our hands, some too. Surrender, like, okay, Lord, you got me. I'm all yours. You know, uh, I would like, you know, everyone to raise your hands, please. Uh, and, you know, I got a gun on y'all, you know. And, yeah, some people do it for that reason, but others say, hey, here are my hands, Lord. They're yours. Lord, use my hands. This is what I have. Well, and, and oftentimes we even raise our hand to remind us we have nothing in them to offer God. In that other time, in the busy time, they're bringing their goat, they're bringing their barley, they're bringing their wine, they're bringing the lamb, they're bringing these things. But here, as we raise our hands, what are we saying, Brother Chris? I don't have anything. I just give you me. Do you want me, Lord? And folks, let me tell you, he does. In fact, he wants you more than he wants all of that other stuff. As we lift our hands, some to surrender ourselves to God, others holding up our hands before God in pursuit of holiness, longing for clean hands. We offer him our blessings and praise and worship. Here as we see this call for those serving in the night watches at God's house to lift up their hands, to offer their hands to God for more than just the practical services they offered in their duties of protecting in maintaining the building and its contents, they were called to praise the Lord. They were called to praise the Lord from thankful hearts and reverence to God that does not need to be conjured. He does not need to be fed or entreated. We don't bring food to God because He's hungry. We bring our offerings to God because we're hungry. And we come to Him offering Him us as living sacrifices. The Lord is always here with us. He is ever present with His people. I'll ask you again, do you lift up your hands to God and bless Him, showering Him with your adoration and thanksgiving for His many blessings? Do you do that? God is saying, yeah, come to the temple. Come and bring your offering. Come and do your thing. But but could you come when no one's around? And could you raise your hands? And could you bless me because I want to bless you? Your Bible reading—oh, I got to get that in. I got to read so many chapters today, and I got to do my devotions. I got to get the newest book and go with some—you know—if you're, I'll go with some famous woman, you know, if I'm a woman, or I'll go with some inspiring man, and whatever he wants me to do every day, I'll, I'll do that. And I feel really good. Wow, John Piper, really, just man, he man, he knows how to do it, you know, or that. Sister so-and-so. Your gifts to the poor. You're helping your brothers and sisters. You know, all that's good. But God wants your worship too. In fact, he wants it even more. Everybody say he wants it even more. Remember when David repented of his sin with Bathsheba? Psalm 51, he told God he would have offered sacrifices to atone for his sins if that's what God wanted. But then, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he explained what God wanted from his people. See, this is what made David a man after God's own heart. He knew what God wanted. God isn't wanting uh, you never to miss morning devotions. God is not going, well, they, went, they read all the way through the Bible again, bless God. David says this, he said, deliver me, Lord, from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall show forth thy praise, for thou desirest not sacrifice. You have to understand, God did want sacrifice. He wrote about it, he prescribed it, he told him it was necessary, but David said, you don't want that, God. He's not trying to say God didn't want it. He's saying, You don't want that more than you want me. David knew this. We should know it today, too. God is not just looking for our strenuous, great efforts of regularity and precision and faithfulness. He's wanting our hearts. For the thou, thou desirest not sacrifice, else I would give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offerings. Yes, God did. But he didn't, he didn't delight in that more than he delighted in David. What? He said, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. Oh God, thou wilt not despise. Rachel, when you call on God, do you know what? And you cry out to him and you tell him about how you're hurting and how you're lonely and how you're suffering. God loves that more than anything that you do good for him. I'm glad. I was so glad to hear the kids at the at your work have Bibles and but you know what? God wants you he doesn't just want you to give them Bibles he wants, he wants to commune with you he said the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, oh God thou will not despise do good everybody say do good do good in thy good pleasure undesigned. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. This is all good stuff. Verse 19, but then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with the burnt offerings and the whole burnt offerings. Then shall they offer bullocks upon the altar. He's saying, you know what? You can do all that stuff. Remember what Jesus said about that? The problem wasn't that they did all that stuff. It's that they left the important stuff undone. It's no no bad thing that they did all that stuff, but you can't neglect the really important stuff to do the stuff that's easy to do. First, before our duties, God wants our love and devotion. He wants our contrition and he wants our crescendos. He takes pleasure in his people. David danced publicly before the Lord and it is certain his private worship preceded this for many years. And so he was a man after God's own heart. He wasn't praising God in the desert with his sheep for anybody to see. But he was there in the sanctuary of God, the heavens, declaring the glory of God, offering up praises. Verse three, the Lord that made heaven and earth bless thee out of Zion. Hebrews eleven six six says, but thou... Without faith it is impossible to please him, but he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You may not be a full-time church worker. You may not come each week to clean the church, as some do. You may do these things as well, but no matter what you do, God wants your worship. If you can't worship God and clean the church, leave the church dirty and worship God some of you may have take offense to that but I'm the pastor so deal with it no matter what you do god wants your worship you have to watch and to keep as the priest before god doing your duties as moms and dads and husbands and wives you have to keep watch but don't let your watch be your whole life it's got to be your worship Remember how Mary and Martha in Luke chapter 10, it came to pass, says in verse 38, as they went, that Jesus entered into a village and certain women named Martha received him, a certain woman named Martha received him into her house and she had a sister called Mary who sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. I can see this, I can see this picture. It was Martha's house. And Martha was keeping the house and she was cooking the food and she was being hospitable and she was doing it all. But her little sister Mary wasn't doing nothing. She just sitting there while Mary's putting out food for everybody and washing everybody's feet and what's what's she doing? She just sitting there listening to Jesus. She ain't doing nothing. Look at her. Martha's walking through the room. Look at her. She can just sit right there. While, while there's dirty dishes in this thing, she can just sit right there. Oh, would you like some hummus? And, and I got some pita bread and, 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 you know, I got all this good stuff. And you know what? Oh, we, we're going to put little flowers here in the window and we're going to make them look nice, you know. Look at her. She, she's How can she sit there in this filth? How can she sit here with all the things that need to be done for our guests? What is wrong with her? Just sitting there doing nothing. Martha was cumbered about. Everybody says she was cumbered about with much serving. I know how to solve this problem. I'm going to go tell Jesus. She's sitting at his feet and she's listening to him. I'll just tell him and he'll straighten her out. Lord, Do you not care that my sister hath left me to do all this work by myself? Don't you even care, God? Some of you may, this may be how you approach the church. Can't you see all that I do, Lord? Can't you see all the work and all this and all that and all that? And they don't do nothing. Don't you care that my sister's left me alone to serve? Bid her therefore that she help me. Lord, tell her to do it. Now, of course, if Jesus told her to do it, Neil, what do you think? Gonna be doing it. Jesus had an answer for Martha. She wasn't quite expecting. Martha, Martha. (laughs) I think at the second Martha, she was done for. She knew it, Martha. Ashley, if I ever do this, Ashley. (laughs) Ashley. Ashley, Ashley, Ashley should be going, oh no, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Said my name two times in a row. Martha, Martha. Thou art careful and you are troubled about many things. You know what? You care and you're, you, you know, you've got a lot going on here, Martha, a little bit of compassion. But one thing is needful. Mary hath chosen the good part and it shall not be taken away from her. God wants a clean church. God wants the doors locked. God doesn't want, you know, everything to go unpainted. But I can tell you what, if we got a choice between two things, Jesus put it real straight about what it ought to be. And it probably isn't the thing that we think is the most important. One thing, everybody say one thing. One thing is needful and Mary hath chosen the good part and it shall not be taken away from her. Man. You see, God has a great reward for those who bless him while keeping their watch. You know, we should be doing them both. We should keep our watch. We should do our duty. But God has a great reward for those who still worship God during their watch. As Luke tells us in Luke chapter 2, that in Bethlehem there were shepherds. What were they doing? They were keeping their watch. You know what they had time to do though? Lo, there were shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. But lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about. What were they doing? A few minutes later, they were rewarded by seeing the Son of God. They were praising and they were worshiping as they kept their watch. By night, they were no doubt singing with the heavenly host who heralded the coming of the Son of God. You know, when we keep our watch and we worship, God rewards us. That's what it means in Hebrews to say we must believe that He is and that He is the rewarder of those that diligently seek serving Him, that seek work, That no, those that diligently seek Him. Are you seeking after the Lord? Are you just wanting to raise good kids? Are you just wanting to have an orderly home? My wife's probably terrified. Oh, it's going to encourage all the women to have worse homes. and Right? It's not the point. But the deal is this. Folks, the worship of God must come first. You know when Jesus said, unless you hate your mom and dad, <laughs> when you come after me, he wasn't telling them to hate their mom and dad. He was saying, You should love me way more than you love your mom and dad. He's saying it's it's not that we don't want things orderly and beautiful and we don't want people to be... He's saying, oh, that's fine, but if you don't worship me and if you can't raise your hands and if you can't stop to do that, you're too busy. You made it too nice. You served too much of that. And what I'd really like for you to do is I'd like you to serve me. Behold, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless his holy name. The Lord that made heaven and earth bless you from Zion. Some of you say, I want to be blessed. You want to be blessed? Lift up your hands. Worship God. We got some, Go, you can lift your hands up right now. Some of you started lifting up your hands. You can lift them up right here, right now. You want to be blessed? He said the Lord that made heaven and earth. He is the worker, Sister Jackie. We can do a lot, but we don't we didn't make we didn't make the world, right? But the Lord that made heaven and earth, the one who is the worker of all workers. He'll bless you. Because his business isn't just making worlds. His business is knowing you and loving you and blessing you as you bless the Lord, he blesses you. Isn't that beautiful? Why don't we stand? Behold, bless the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, who by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord, the Lord who made Heaven and earth, bless you from Zion. Behold, bless the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, who by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hand in the sanctuary and bless the Lord the Lord who made heaven and earth bless you from Zion. Thank you so much for joining us today. I pray your time with us was very encouraging. If it was, consider sending us a note and also consider partnering with us.